1: It's that time of the week again. Let's preview week 8 of the 2023 NFL season. I am your host Sam Moores and this is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. We've got a full slate this week so no teams are on a bye and it's also one with plenty of talking points too. And joining me to break down each of the games you can watch on the UK TV this week and pick out what to look out for in the rest of the slate is a new guest who I'm sure you're all familiar with by now. Uh, he is not only crucial to running uh, the running of Full 10 Yards behind the scenes but also a podcast host too. I am of course talking about Believe in Brits podcast host josh henwood welcome to the pod mate back from japan how's it going
0: yeah not bad i hope a few people remember me anyway i was only on the pod for about two years so uh, <laughs> hoping that uh hoping a few remember you. it's good that uh, you've kept the ship going uh yeah fully over the jet lag now and uh well back into the world of uh of the nfl at the boot
1: Exactly. I, know. I mean, I've I i I've never been that far across the world before, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but I can imagine it's, uh, yeah, it's very... It's very uh...
0: It takes a good week. It takes a good yeah. week, likewise. If you think, you've got to send your brain back eight hours. So, mm. you know, you'd be waking up at three o'clock in the morning thinking it was, you know, middle of the day. Breakfast is lunch and lunch <laughs> is dinner. And then you have an extra snack because you're in UK time by the time it gets to actual dinner um yeah it just takes a while to snap out of it really
1: yeah i can imagine Anyway, there's only one place to start and that's Thursday night football where Josh Allen and the Bills offence were back on form to move to 5-3 and three with a 24-18 win over the Buccaneers. Uh, the Bills made to fight for it though right until the very end, up 24-10 in the fourth quarter but just before the two minute warning with the help of a few bounces, Baker found Mike Evans for 6 and Cade Orton for uh, on a two point conversion. Uh, Tampa Bay then got a stop and the ball back with 21 seconds to go and got into a comfortable position for the former 20. 20- to 18 number one overall pick baker may for to throw a hail mary to win the game it was a close one baker got the ball out before he could get sacked and it reached the end zone but it hit weirdly hit itself tough um yeah it an odd end to this one wasn't it josh chris it god hail- chris
0: godwin should have got it i know there's no, yeah. there's no doubt about it he had two yards of space around him if he just looked back half a second earlier and stuck out an arm he'd have got that and baker's not a um you know, Baker's no stranger to the Hail Mary throw, but he did it against the Arizona Cardinals for Cleveland a couple of years back. He did it, I think he did it once or twice in college as well. You know, he he knows how to, how to do those. And, you know, if you're in a Hail Mary situation and you've got any chance of getting the ball and there's no defenders around you, you've got to do it. You know, you've got to be clutch. And Chris Godwin just did not show up in the big spot. And that would have been quite the turnaround i don't think anyone was expecting it with about three minutes to go that you get that close but the buccaneers were about four inches away from winning this football game
1: yeah for sure and i was going to say it should have been called cool by chris goblin for sure like you know that it, it was a bit of an empty come again you know compared to where it could have been but um yeah, I mean, now it, if you're the Bucks, you're sort of wondering what's going on because you started 3-1, and one, you lost three in a row now. Um, but I still feel they probably are the best team in the NFC South. Yeah, you know, I, You know, by the Niners as well, they've got a, a good run of games coming up as well. So I think it's a chance to get back in a division race. But yeah, I think for them, you know, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned, but I still think they're probably the best team, especially on defence.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Falcons game last week was definitely... Uh... You know, it was a pick'em game, uh, and it played out like a pick'em game. My uh, my fiancé is a Buccaneers fan, um, so we were watching that on the TV whilst I was crying over the Browns' inconsistency. Um, but, you know, the constant back and forth and just not being able to get that fluidity on on offense. Uh, this time, I think that you saw it a little bit more, the Bucks. Again, you've got that indecisiveness from Baker and, you know, he gets himself into situations that he shouldn't, but he's able to pull himself out of those as well. And he can create drives out of nothing. You saw that. Um, like you say, the game's coming up. I think it's a litmus test as to whether or not they can solidify themselves in that as the uh, best of the NFC South. You know, you've got the Texans next up away. That's no longer a gimme game. You know, the Texans are a relatively, you know, they're a sound football team at this rate. I think that um, the combined power rankings have them at about 15th at the moment. Then you've got the I'm Titans. Well. I agree. Yeah, yeah I, they're up there exactly you know and you wouldn't have thought that um the titans at home you'd expect them to um to do a bit more there um than like you say the 49ers but are the 49ers fake um at this point i don't think i'd necessarily say that the Colts away and you know that one's also tough and then you got the Panthers on the third uh, then actually go into a real <laughs> their entire schedule pretty much down the stretch is a bit of a, a bit of a 50-50 gate um maybe with the exception of the Jags and the 49ers so uh yeah like you say good schedule but this is not a team that will take the horns with that they will probably split that down the stretch but is 500 enough it could well be
1: exactly and i think what encouraged me yesterday as well is that I think Baker looked okay, you know, against one of the best defensive lines. He was under pressure a lot, and normally under under pressure, Baker is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in football. We saw that in you know, in Cleveland when he didn't have an offensive line. He had his worst season. No. You know, you, you know, he didn't turn the ball over yesterday, which is a, a big a big bonus as well. Yeah. And I think that, that was the thing as well. Cause you know, if you give Baker an offensive line, then he can be a good quarterback. We've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And, that,
0: and that's what we saw, you know, the Browns had one of the best offensive lines in football, if not the best when the Browns went to the playoffs with Baker. And, you know, he's the sort of player you have to protect with that. And, you know, that's why he likes to play action boots, um, you know, and all the rest of it. The Bucks play to his strengths with that as well. They've built this offense so that he can deliver And you can see it. It's just the fact that it's not consistent. The books are not Mm. consistent. Um, And also, if you get down early, the books can't pull themselves out of a hole. Um, Realistically, this game was lost in the first 15 minutes. Um, The books were terrible in terms of uh, keeping the field position in the right direction. Um, they had a great chance when they pinned Buffalo back to their own four. I think it was with their first drive mm. of the game, and just let them drive all the way down. And as soon as that happened, you just knew it, it was only three points, but you just knew that they were not going to win the field, the the field battle because Buffalo would always have an answer, and they did. And you know it was interesting from Bill's perspective as well, as I'm sure that you'll probably ask next, but. You know, the, they tried some different things last night, and for the most part, it did work.
1: Yeah, that's so what I was going to say. I think, you know, going back to Buffalo, they needed that win. Uh, you got the full Josh Allen experience yesterday as well, but even after a turnover that resulted in seven points for the Bucks, he still put himself back into the MVP conversation with what they did yesterday because, you know, he, he was very... It was basically mistake free, other than, you know, that one that one uh, blocked pass that turned into the pick. But I think, yeah. um yeah know, like I said, they tried some new stuff. Uh, a lot of RPOs in the game yesterday, which you don't normally see from the Bills as well. Um And it looked pretty good. And obviously, you know, on a Thursday night as well, for a Thursday game, it looked pretty good because they would have only you know, had a, a day or two to real, really shape this game plan.
0: And that's probably why you saw a lot of RPOs, right? You know, you're trying to do something out of the norm, trying to do something of which because they're only going to be able to get like a day's worth of filming and then just work off stereotypes really more than anything else. So they'll see what's gone in. The the bills have gone, you know what? Turn it on its head. Are you any good on your feet this week? Yeah, sure. And they, and they went out and did it. Alan is a fantastic runner as a, as a quarterback. is underrated a- in <laughs> what he can do on his feet. And the, the, the times when they let him do it, he does it well. And, you know, that it flips the field, you know. You saw it. um, I can only really give Browns examples at the moment, but you know, Gardner Minshew last week against the Browns, you know, for the Colts. Whenever there was a sticky situation, he just sticks the feet on, and there wasn't an answer to it because no one's expecting it. So you know, if you're able to, if you're able to just flip the field doing that, you know, an eight yard run here, a twelve yard run here, it's demoralizing, and eventually it will tell, and it did
1: yeah for sure and i think uh i mean if you're buffalo as well winning that game you had to do that because if if buffalo ends not sitting at 500 you've got the jets on your tail then as well the dolphins in if they win this week they'll have a you know two game advantage on the bills then then you know you, you know two and a half games and that that's quite a a big hole for them to be in then so they had to win yesterday and they did um yeah. So yeah, that, that's just the final takeaway buffalo had to get the game done. They got the win under their uh, under the belt and don't worry too much about the Bucks. I think that's what we can sort of finally say. I think they've still got enough time to turn around. But um it was a it was an interesting game for a third of the game as well, wasn't it? As, as the, as well. Yeah.
0: And also I think that even the most ardent Bucks fan would have been happy with three and four at this point. Mm. You know, it's you'd prefer four and three, but you feel like you maybe stole one early in the season. Um, there's not
1: been Minnesota, any, especially that week one
0: it, game. It, 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 that's the one that I'm thinking about, right? You know, you, you're able to sneak that one out, even though the Vikings have been proven to be a little bit of hot and cold, as we probably expected at the start of the year. But you know, you sort of give that back, and you think, yeah, we, you know, the target, the target is nine and eight. Nine and eight will win the NFC South. They have more than enough games to be able to do that. Eight and nine could win the NFC South.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be very uh, very competitive the whole way, uh, for sure. Okay, moving on to the rest of the games. Um, or on, you know, Starting with the main game on Sunday. It's 5pm like this week because the clock's going Uh, was it forward or back. It's, it's one the two. It's, <laughs> they, fall,
0: they fall back. You're probably too young to yeah, know the uh, line. Yeah. The they spring forward and fall back.
1: There we go. Yeah, so um, yeah, the clock's going back, so we start at five for the uh, for the one week and the Thursday night game next week. Um, the main game on Sky this week in that window is the Rams going into Dallas, and while I don't think Sky probably should have picked this game, there are still some interesting things to pick out of this clash. Yeah, you know. group... well. I was going to say, as well yeah, there's only to...
0: one group of people that will be happy about this, and that is everyone that has Game Pass because they won't yeah. be watching this game anyway. Uh, yeah, this is an odd pick. You imagine just because a fan base is more than anything else.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, both teams have a point to prove as well. The Rams let a least slip against Pittsburgh last week. They couldn't move the football in the second half. Uh, the Cowboys were off a bye, but before the bye, just scraped past the Chargers and quite easily could have lost that game. Um, we've got a Super Bowl cowboy. roster. We've been saying that for years now, but it could easily be at 500 right now. Um, and if, if you're the Rams, I'm sure you're probably quite confident going into this one because you know the Dallas are a different team every week. We see, you know, it's it's up and down with the Cowboys. It, um, it's well, it's been that with Dallas the entire uh entire last couple of years, really, isn't it? But I think it's probably the last year of Mike McCarthy for sure. What I'm looking for in this game is the, the big matchup for me is the Rams' offense against Dallas' defense because the Dallas' defense has won games with touchdowns and turnovers, but they're missing, obviously, trained from Diggs, and they lost uh, Leighton Van Der Esch last week as well. He's a little bit more, a little bit less of an, of an impact on the defense, of course, but he's still a, you know, a starter. And the Rams' offense has struggled in the last few weeks. Obviously, Kyron Williams being out on IR as well was a big miss, uh, miss as well. So I think that, that's what I'm looking for in this game, and it'll be interesting to see who does come up on top on that uh, in that battle.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this is, like you said, it's quite an odd one to try and preview, especially as a main game. You know, the Rams are looking for some kind of consistency. They've not had any consistency all the way through, but they're nowhere near as bad as a lot of people had down at the start of the season. Um, you know, there are there are games where Cup and Nakua can probably win it by themselves. Like you say, I think that battle's going to be really interesting. Um, being able to get those two going against this defense, of which... Uh, is a little banged up, as you say. Um, Dak Prescott, you know, let's uh, let's talk about it. you know he's um, y- you know he's not exactly having a stellar, but the games of which he is hot on, he is hot. You know what what version of Dak are we going to see? Well,
1: he um, won that Chargers game because he he yeah. he was really good, and it was Justin Herbert that cost the Chargers that game because they should have won that game the way it was going. Dak Prescott is performing. Uh, Brandon his Staley, Staley cost the game. Chargers that and, game, and yeah, too. But if I'm being honest, like.
0: Chargers Herbert gonna be... charge her. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah, it, it was close. It was close. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was
0: close, and the Chargers really should have won that game. Um, you know, if we if we're going to go back to that. Um, but like like you say, Dak was more successful in doing what he needed to in that moment. It's just the fact that Staley probably demands too much of her. I don't actually think that Herbert did much wrong in that one. But you know, bringing it back to this, you know, the Rams are the, the, the Rams are tricky. You know, this says that I know it's six and a half points at the moment uh, that Dallas have um, um, on the uh, on the bookies here. You know, this has the feeling of a trap game. You know, six and a half points up at home. Um, you know, it's the kind it's the kind of game which. You can see it either being a blowout by the second quarter or it's something which is kept really, really close and comes down to a field goal. I don't think you get going to get anything in between. I don't think it's going to be quiet and comfortable um, yeah, for, for either side. And like you say, I think it's going to come down to how the defences perform um, more, m- more so than the offences, I think, because I think that you see quite a I, – I, I think that you – you know what you're going to get with the offenses, but the defenses can be really, really hit and miss.
1: Yeah, the Steelers last week they did quite a good job at containing Cooper Cup. He was only targeted twice, um, you know, last week. And to win this one they need to get hit the ball in his hands more. Obviously it allowed Puka Nakua to have a big game um last week, but he was the only thing, you know, got rolling in the Rams offence last week. So they are looking to pick up a little bit. As you mentioned, the I mean the Dallas defence is top five in both points and yards per game. The uh the Rams are eleventh in points and sixth in yards. They're putting up a lot of yards. Obviously the um, not great in the red zone, especially without Karen Williams, who had scored most of their touchdowns this season. Um, but I would probably say that, you know, although Dallas is the most talented team, the Rams are by far the better coach team. And I think that will make mm. it closer than many think. Um, but I can't pick against Dallas in this game, so I, I'm going to go for them. But I think, again, you know, like I said, I think it will be within that, those six and a half points that uh, the boogies have got it in.
0: Yeah, this is one where I'd ask for a different kind of handicap you know, um, I, I definitely wouldn't be going for the uh, for the six and a half either way. I'd, I'd look to maybe just get um, get it down to like a Dallas minus two or something like that, and see if I could take that because, uh, like I say, I feel like it could be a field goal on, on this one. Just depends as to what um, it depends as to who comes to play, whether or not um, Stafford can get cup going. Um, and the are going like you say the Steelers did a good job of locking them down Dallas might be trying to do the same but they are banged up so yeah we'll see what we see
1: yeah are you, you picking Dallas to win this one then
0: yeah 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 oh yeah Dallas to win just more of a case of maybe not at six and a half
1: yeah yeah okay awesome uh, right, uh, do,
0: do you do it on do you do my money line is in like win, win and loss or do you do it by the um...
1: just by just by so we sort of talk about yeah you know the spread, but mainly just pick a winner in okay yeah that's cool yeah. in
0: terms of picking a winner then dallas
1: yeah yeah cool okay moving over to the rest of the slate uh for this 5 p.m window just pick through uh you know little a few little things uh in these games before uh before making our predictions, uh, we'll start out uh, with Miami, who hosts New England. Uh, the Dolphins won twenty-four to seventeen in New England on Sunday Night Football in Week Two. If they win this game, then two will go to six and zero against Belichick and the Patriots, which is pretty impressive. Um, in doing so, they'll be wearing their white throwbacks, the ones that celebrate the seventy-two undefeated Dolphins. Um, they probably should have won them last week instead, because that would have been so cool having those against the Kelly Green Eagles uniforms. But yeah, I can't, I can't, yeah, uh, you know, can't complain. <laughs> but you don't happens.
0: want to taint them in the performance at. Perse- that, that followed true
1: yeah. true um but on Wednesday, it sounded like Tori Kill would be missing from this game uh, from to his pref- press conference as well. It didn't sound very good, but he did practice in limited fashion on Thursday and told the media he was playing yesterday as well. Um, so he looks like he's going to be good to go um, and the hip injury isn't as uh, big of a concern as it was earlier in the week. Uh, Jalen Ramsey might also be back in this one as well. He'll, um, he will definitely be back by week 11. Um, the Dolphins are in Germany next week to play the Chiefs before they're by, So, yeah, I think yeah, that's why I got a week 11 timeline. But it looks like he's good to go and trending in the right direction to play against New England which would uh, be cool allow Vic Fangio to open up his defence um, and then just the Patriots they were really good last week much better in offence and defence you know defensively they frustrated Allen and co you know, without Matt G and without Christian Gonzalez as well so that was a really good uh, performance from New England yesterday um, AFC East games are normally tight do you think it'll be the same with this one Josh as it was in week 2?
0: uh i I think it'll be a, a lot tighter in terms of gameplay. I think the Patriots have start uh, have finally understood what their identity is um I think that they are playing a lot tighter themselves and not letting things get away from them um, nine and a half is a stretch in terms of the points that are on offer um but you know Miami's going to want to hit back after what happened in Philadelphia. Uh, New England might be riding high off that Buffalo game, but um, there were a number of question marks about uh, just how much they potentially deserve that bit victory. <laughs> Patriots fans might not be uh, too happy about that, but you know the, the Buffalo left more than enough points on the table. Um, so the Dolphins should come through here by probably a touchdown. Uh, yes, yeah, so picking Miami here.
1: Yeah, I think the Patriots will make this a tough game. As I said, they did in Week 2 as well. Uh, they probably could have even won that Week 2 game, but it was the Dolphins who, who had that final drive uh, that Raheem Mostert long touchdown in that game helped the Dolphins to that win too. He's questionable, so he might not play, so that might be a, something to watch in this one. Um, but like, I, I, if I if I was a better, I'd hammer the underer at 9.5 because it's quite a big spread. Uh, but yeah. I can't pick against the Dolphins because they've been so good on offense, and I think they probably will have a... Exactly, a, yeah, and this is the thing. Game. That's
0: what scares you. Yeah,
1: mm. Absolutely. Okay, moving on to the battle, of, uh, the battle of the two MetLife-based teams. They don't meet very often. I can imagine it's probably a bit weird for Jets and Giants fans whenever this comes on every four years. Um, the, the Jets are coming off a bye at three and three, uh, and their late win over the Eagles week before uh, was was uh, you know threading end. Uh, certainly, you know, win this, and they are firmly in the uh, playoff hunt for the AFC because they're less than half a game back behind the Bills um, in the AFC East. Then. And I, yeah, you know, I, I believe they probably are firmly in the hunt for a playoff spot. We had Liam on a couple of weeks ago and he doesn't agree with me. Um, but they have to win here first, though, if they do, where to do that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a litmus test for how far a Zach Wilson Jets team can can take uh, the Jets. here. Um, the Giants are in equal measures both there for the taking and a real threat. Um, the Giants are another team who, after a month of indecision and unknowing as to what their identity is, they've started to play a lot closer um, and started to uh, really improve. So this has the feeling of a trap here. But, you know, no, there's no such trap game for um, for Zach Wilson. You know, he, he has to perform every week. The defense um, for the Jets is what's keeping them afloat of which is probably a really good weapon to have against this giants team because they've been very prone to turnovers and the jets are a very turnover hungry team Uh, so that probably gives the jets the edge in this one um, it's going to come down to who has the cleaner game on offense. Um, wh- whoever has, whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game in this one. I know that that's a, a relatively uh, low-hanging fruit um, of a trope there, but uh, it's definitely true in this instance. Um, I will give it to the Jets just about, but I think the, the bookies have been smart in uh, less than a field goal's worth on the handicap there at two and a half.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one to pick. I think, obviously, they're going against the Giants. He will start Tyrell Taylor once again as uh, Daniel Jones hasn't been cleared for contact yet. Uh, as I said in the last few weeks as well, it doesn't make too much of a difference. I think, if, if anything, I think the offense has probably been better with Tyrell Taylor at quarterback than it has Daniel Jones this season. Yeah. So, um, so it's not, I don't think that's, there's too much of a difference there. And uh, the, the spread didn't move either when they announced that Jones wouldn't play. So I think that was, probably shows that. Um, it's got a low scoring game written all over it. I think a better defense wins it, as you said, especially if Source Gardner dj reader back there for the uh, of the jets you know back from their concussions as, as expected as well so i think that uh yeah i can't pick against the jets here i think they're uh i, I i've said i think they could a bit better playoffs still especially if Rodgers comes back we'll see if that happens but i think they're um yeah i think, I, think uh, I like them to win this game for sure okay we'll move over to the arthur smith derby Off his return to tennessee uh, he'll be encouraged by how Desmond Ridder looked last week against the Bucks. He, 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 they've been very up and down this year, uh, especially Riddell as well. The, the Falcons are very Tannehill. I, I've said, you know, I think they're very similar quarterbacks. Uh, but Tannehill is not playing in this game. Um, in his place, we're not sure yet. It sounds like it will be the rookie Will Levis. But Rabel said that both he and Malik Willis will play get, uh, snaps on Sunday. So we'll see how that shapes out uh, as <laughs> when we actually see it on Sunday. Um, it seems this is probably the last game of the AFC sort of championship team era of titans football and um, they've already moved on from kevin Byard, who went to philly an awesome pickup for the eagles if anything a bit cheap as well like with the aj brown deal a bit interesting there um tanner hill may have played his last game too uh, And many believe that this will be Derek henry's last game in Tennessee as well with the uh with the trade deadline approaching as well um and other players on the trade block too and i think the two that they've said are, are probably safe for jeffrey Simmons and harold landry and that's it really um Give me Tennessee in this one, I think. It's a chance for a big game for many players. Um, and I although I like both defenses, I just have a feeling they'll be able to get it done. Just home advantage will help too as well. Um, I, I I'm sort of flip-flop of how I feel about the Falcons each week. Um, right now, even though they're four and three, I'm quite low on them because um, but the defense I like, uh for sure. And but the I'm a little bit concerned at how some teams are starting. Trying to eliminate the run game, and they're actually doing quite well at like that. Because if you take yeah. away the run game, which I think Tennessee will be able to do, then the Falcons are a bit one-dimensional. So it's why I'm going to pick the Titans, even with Will Levis starting. But it seems I think.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Give me the Titans as well for, like you say, just being unpredictable. First of all, in terms of the quarterback situation, you can't exactly plan for what's going on because you don't haven't really seen either QB play that many snaps so that's going to be interesting and you can imagine that a number of different players are going to be asked to do some stuff and like you say to be able to show out for a good trade spot um also like you say it's going to have that feeling of almost like a final hurrah for a few of them especially as it is at the nissan stadium uh, and also, can you trust Desmond Ritter? Let, let alone, <laughs> can you trust the Falcons? Can you trust Desmond Ritter for more than four minutes uh, at a time? Because I sure as hell can't. Yeah, give me the Titans, but also just uh, get me the hell away from this game. You know, it's going uh, it. <laughs> to... I mean, I'm, I'm smashing the under on points, smashing the exit button from the highlights and it on red zone and everything else because... God, it just sounds like such a trap game. It really <laughs> does, you know. Yeah. And and you wouldn't have expected it. The Falcons were seen as like the hot commodity item um, c- coming into this season. They were one of the ones that were considered frisky. The Titans are always seen as a potential playoff hopeful with the defense and uh, Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill as well. You know, he um, he still had some stock at the start of this season. You just don't feel like he does now um but yeah just just uh let's move on let's get the hell away from this one
1: so. <laughs> okay let's move on to the game i think should probably should be on the sky this week it's the game between the jags and the steelers to me this one's way more interesting than the rams Cowboys game two teams in the afc playoff picture you know way above 500 as well and with points to prove uh the steelers have not been great offensively all year but with the johnson back last week they looked much better but he was added to the injury report on Thursday. Listeners did not practice because of that same hamstring injury that he had, uh, you know, it was an II for. So I'm wondering, has he had another setback? Hopefully not, because they looked so good on offense in that second half, especially with him um, back in that offense last week. Um, and then on, on the Jags side, they've been one of the best teams in football the last couple weeks um it's the last game before the bye week two going for the fifth win in a row um you know with Trevor Lawrence and his knee brace he was impressive last week on Thursday night football still limited in practice but he'll definitely suit up and as I said I think he, you couldn't really tell he was injured last week um I can't pick against the Jags in this one I feel it'd be close but you know especially how good the Steelers defense has been obviously TJ Watts yeah, you, know, you could probably you know say there's a three race between him, Miles Garrett, and Michael Parsons for defensive player of the year right now. Um, I'd probably just edge T.J. Watt. Um, but yeah, I think I think the, the unless what makes an outstanding play like as in most games, I think to be fair, I I think the Jags will just just win this one because they got a good defense too. They're going to the radar this defense does. Um, uh, but I feel like the difference will be very close, probably right around the spread of two and a half points. Uh, but no, give me Jacksonville, I think.
0: Yeah, um, I think this will be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think some people scoffed at the line when they first saw it, and that's because they've not watched any Pittsburgh football this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's offense is crap. You know, let's call it what it is. They're not an offensive team. They're one of these which are built from their from their defense. And this game is going to be won and lost on the, um, on the Jacksonville O-line and the Pittsburgh D-line. Who wins that battle? Because I can tell you right now, if... Pittsburgh win that battle you know you're talking about Trevor Lawrence being in an knee brace and all the rest of it he might not have looked like there was an issue last week but if TJ Watt gets back there a couple of times it will be an issue this week you know Um, that's the thing that concerns me. Um, The the one thing of which any AFC North fan knows is that you don't underestimate the Pittsburgh Steelers. They win games that they shouldn't. This is uh, exactly the kind of game that fits that bill. They're at home. They do very well at home. Um, But like you say, Jacksonville have played like a top five team the last couple of weeks. You know, they, they... it's a game Jacksonville should win and should win comfortably, but Pittsburgh will not make it comfortable.
1: Yeah, I think I I think I, I agree with that uh, for sure. Okay, moving over to an, an all NFC East tie uh, between the Eagles and the Commanders. the Commanders host this one, the Eagles are six and a half point favorite. So uh, they were the Commanders were the only team to beat Philly last year. Uh, they played them close in Week Four as well. It was thirty-one thirty. Um, four to the Eagles, but Philly seemed to really hit a groove uh, in their Sunday night football whenever the Dolphins last week. It was by far the most complete performance on both sides of the ball, and it came at the right time, didn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, Philadelphia were a team last year that needed a few weeks to get themselves going, and then they have really got going. Um, You know, even though they were winning consistently at the start, but, you know, they didn't feel comfortable until about week six, week seven. that's what we've got now then you know god bless any team that stands in their way um you know washington have done well for the tools that they have but we're talking apples and really rotten apples here you know philadelphia by a million here six and a half is kind i think (laughs) on washington in terms of the points that are on offer here you know Philly should be taking care of business and taking care of business comfortably. I saw a lot of, I I saw enough to put Philly in as number two um, in terms of like, you know, best teams in football. You know, I think that they are like a one B with the chiefs at the moment, Um, you know, for different reasons. I feel like they are more complete potentially than the chiefs. Um, They just need to start putting away teams with more regularity. And this is definitely a start.
1: Yeah, um, I think we be a little bit closer than you think it will just because you know the precedent the commanders have played Eagles well the last two times, uh, but they are very much a selling team heading into the trade deadline. So if it, you know, it feels like Ron Rivera is probably gone, uh, especially the new ownership and everything. Defense players on the t- on the trade block by the sounds of things. A lot of rumors about Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Um, yeah, Young had a very good game on Sunday. It's the last chance for them to put themselves in the shop window too. Um, so I, I think I uh, the, the commander's defense will come to play as they have the last couple of times, but I can't pick against the Eagles either. I think I, I just I think they're just too good, and last week they really really impressed me. So I, I can't I can't not pick 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 ends. I can't yeah I can't not pick them to win because they just yeah they just showed. No such, no so I I I, I,
0: I I get it yeah. I get it yeah but but, but you think it'll be clear, especially I mean divisional games usually are a bit tighter, but on yeah, exactly. paper it, on paper the Eagles piss this.
1: They should, they should do, yeah. <laughs> okay, moving over to another uh, All Division game. This one is in, in the NFC North. The Vikings going into Lambeau Field. The Vikings were underdogs earlier in the week, but they're now one and a half point favorites. So that's changed, uh, and they're suddenly alive in the NFC playoff picture as well after beating the Niners on Monday Night Football. If they win in Green Bay, they go to four and four and are firmly in the hunt for a wildcard spot. I probably say the division's a bit out of reach now the way the Lions are starting the season, but they're they're certainly in the uh, in, in in there for for a wildcard spot for sure. The Packers have been really disappointing this year. I think you know, obviously they have injuries in defense. Like I'm not disputing that, but I'm really not so on Jordan Love at all. And I don't think Matt Lafleur is calling the best games either for him right now, in my opinion. Um, they lost themselves the game last week in the first half with a horrible game plan. I think Love's average depth the target was about two yards in the first half, and it you know they pushed it all downfield in the second half, and they got back into the game last week, but it wasn't enough. And um, it doesn't it doesn't fill me with much confidence going up against the high scoring offense in the Vikings because if it's is a shootout I think I don't think the Packers can match this Vikings offense because they've been scoring points all year um obviously they've lost themselves the game with things like turnovers and stuff so if Bay can do that um then maybe you know maybe they'll make this a game but I think obviously J-, J. Alexander is still not expected to play either he's out Aaron Jones is still banged up for the Packers too there's two Pretty key players to their offense, offense and defense. Um, so I'm picking Minnesota in this one. Um, I, and I honestly, I think you know, who would have thought that Minnesota would uh, be at five hundred a couple of weeks ago? If you know, if, if they do win this game, because that it certainly seemed a bit, oh, um, it well, it seemed impossible when they were sat at one and four.
0: Some of us were believers, Sam. Some of us were believers.
1: Honestly, that's the thing as well. The games that they they won, I was really not impressed by. And the games they lost, I thought I was quite impressed. It's just But but that's the kind kind of team they are, though.
0: That's Hmm. the kind of team they are, though. They are a true 500 team. They can win games that you don't expect, and they can lose games you don't expect. Um, You know, and that's why this game is still interesting. You're talking about the game that should have been on Sky this one uh Vikings Packers is always fun um they they seem to find different ways to get at each other you've obviously got the history the divisional nature of it all etc Packers have been disappointing but I wouldn't necessarily say that they've been disappointing compared to what you'd expect at the start of the season I think they've done a fair bit better than what I thought they would have at the start of the year I was down on the Packers with the move because I was down on Jordan Love I think that he's done a lot better and put, Settled a lot more than uh people probably thought at the start of the year, at least me. Um,
1: maybe it's Ollie, maybe it's just Ollie getting in my head because all he does is talk about. Uh, doing I mean, love. at the end, so at the it, end, end of the day, if you've got a Packers
0: it... fan, yeah, it's, but the, the, he was expecting Rogers 4.0, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: potentially
0: you know, like the Messiah to come in after two years under the wing and just take charge. Nothing showed us that he was going to do that. Um, look, they're on a slight rebuild, the Packers, but they still do enough to be able to give a game here. I expect the game here. I expect the Vikings to win, but I expect it to be spicy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it will be spicy for sure. as a division game, as you said, but yeah, I think I, I, I quite like the Vikings, as you say. I think I can't. I can't see the Packers winning this game with what they've done in offense the last couple of weeks. So, unless they do something different, then, I, then again, I. The I, NFL yeah. is
0: full of surprises.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, On to a game which I think will be, you know, well, a team that did, was full of surprises last week in the Colts. Uh, they host the Saints. I think this will be a fun battle because there's two teams that probably took. Heartbreaking losses last week, you could say. Um the line has been flip-flopping all week. Right now the Saints are the favourites. Um I'm not sure what to pick here. On paper, I probably would say New Orleans, but they haven't impressed me at all. Whereas the Colts have and they've had their back at quarterback, you know, playing a big part of the snaps, you know, most of the season. You know, games are always hard with Gardner Minshew at QB. Sometimes he's very good, sometimes he's very bad. We've got a bit of both last week, I think that's fair to say. Um but I think it's two good defenses. Um so I think either so I think it's on the offense, um, but right now I just like the Colts' offense a bit more. So I'm picking them to win this one because the Saints' offense—they've put up, the, you know, all the yardage in the world, but when it gets to the red zone, they have been atrocious this season. Uh, I yeah, you know, against a good Colts defense, I can't see that changing. Yes,
0: yeah, so I picked the Saints on this one. I think in terms of my pickems, and the reasoning is just that I think that the Saints are due a break. Um, you know, the Colts The Colts impressed me last week I was not expecting the Colts to come out as well as they did They came to play against the Browns And they, they should have won the game Pure and simple um, You know, and but here's my thing If you can allow PJ Walker to get, get Get a team down the field You know, I look at the Saints Offense and I think, well, they can do that Multiple times and probably a lot better You know, the, there's a lot Of talk about the Colts defense But you, you look at that and you think maybe is emperor's close just a little bit um the saints i feel like are a better team than they're playing at the moment and i think that they've had the rub of the green the wrong way in a couple of their games uh i reckon they're due one the fact that they're on the road doesn't help um i like the fact that the line's gone back towards them I still wouldn't touch this with a barge pole if you're asking from a betting perspective. I advise that nobody does it. I advise that nobody bets. It's flipping impossible in the NFL space this year. <laughs> I've been one away from winning a tenfold accumulator four times this season. And I put on one bet a week. That's, that, that'll tell you was to just how annoying the NFL is right now. But um, yeah, close game. Close game should actually be a fun game, but one for a purist. <laughs>
1: Yeah, then for a new, when I watch all the games back on Monday for the podcast I think I'll really enjoy this one I, I have with most, most courts games this season to be fair I always look forward to watching them because uh, they've been very entertaining every single week this year Yeah, and I, I don't see that changing um, ok we've been over to the battle of the rookie quarterbacks this a number one overall pick against the number two overall pick, uh, one's had a much better start to his career than the other though uh, the Panthers get yes. to see what they could have had in CJ Stroud right in their own stadium, there's been a lot of talk on um, over the last couple of weeks as well that the organisation was split between him and Bryce Young. Maybe you know David Tepper, the owner, pushed towards Bryce, and uh, you know maybe because there was a, there was that uh, viral clip of uh, of Josh McCown saying to CJ Stroud, "When you live in Charlotte, or do this." So there's uh, there's a, that's a bit of an interesting um, thing there. But I think look, I still like both quarterbacks. I still feel like both could be exercised in the league. But I think I I'm right that I. I predict his child for Offensive Rookie of the Year because I think I'm looking really good <laughs> on that prediction right now. Yeah. So I don't mind that. Um. But the Panthers, before bye, they buy, they played up the Dolphins. They are much better offensively in the first half. They were 14 nothing up, but slowed down in the 2nd Um. hoping to see something more along the lines of what they showed in the first half of the Dolphins game this week for sure. But Houston are also offered by... Um, and their offence was disappointing in their, in their loss to the Falcons before it. Um, but it's a chance for the O-line to get healthier. Laramie was a week healthier. Titus Howard's a week healthier too. Um, and the defence has got better this season as it's progressed as well. So give me Houston in this one. Um, especially of how banged up Carolina's defence is. You know, Brian Buds might not play. Frankie Levy might not play. And they're both on the trade block anyway. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but... Yeah, right now I I just I like the vibe of Houston. They go to four and three if they win this one as well. Um, I I can't see the uh I can't see the Panthers getting their first win of the season here if I'm being honest. But look, you know who you know maybe they've put the wrong guy, but for now you know we'll have a better idea of you know which who's better when they're both playing on the same field uh, on Sunday, won't we?
0: It concerns me that the Houston Texans are probably going to be in the hunt. <laughs> this season playoff wise like that team should be nowhere near it but yet they have found a way um you know I I, I took issue with the um changes at coach I took issue with the way that the rebrand was going about um you know the fact that there just didn't seem to be any like you know big players taking on any burden but they don't seem to care and they just they're just bowling through they're taking what's coming at them they should handle business quite easily here against what is really the worst team in football. I've watched some worst teams in football. I've supported some worst teams in football. This is the worst team in football right now. They, you, you know, you get the glimpses like you did against Miami, but you know, they, as soon as you get found out, you get found out. And, you know, that's, that's what you see here. So, uh, yeah, give me Houston, give me it by more than two and a half as well. Mm. Um You know, I think that, that's still just showing a little bit of disrespect as to what the Texans have done this year as well. You know, they are middle of the pack as a theme in the NFL for a reason. And that's because they've been playing good football.
1: Awesome. Okay. Moving over to the late window now, starting at 8, uh, 8 8.05, 8.25, depending on which kickoff time it is uh, because of the clocks, as I said. Um, And the main game for this one is a corker. It's the Bengals going into San Francisco and this game was made even more intriguing on Monday night after the Niners' shock loss, the second loss in the row as well. Uh, now the two teams that are hardly fancied for glory in um you know in the preseason, they're, they're both looking to bounce back and put their season in the right direction now. Um the big news this week is it sounds unlikely that Brock Purdy will play. He's in concussion protocol. Um which means it's time for Sam Darnold. Um, Josh, do you think if he plays well, there's a chance he might win this job? Because for me, I feel like he's probably the better quarterback, certainly the most gifted, and if anyone can make him you know, a success, it's probably a culture. You game. are
0: asking the wrong guy, I'm afraid. <laughs> I was down on Sam Darnold at the draft. I was down on Sam Darnold in his debut season. I did a victory lap when the Jets got rid of him. there's no there's no way there there is no way um and also i don't see sam darnold winning this game um like not a chance the fort the 49ers live off the system right you've got to live and breathe the system on offense in order for it to work now the thing is they have excellent playmakers they have excellent playmakers and a quarterback, Brock Purdy, who can put the ball where it needs to be every time, pretty much. That's what they've lived on. You know, playmakers being there, the ball being there, It might only be about five or six yards that the ball actually gets there because they do a lot of short stuff and they get a lot of yards after catch. And that's all route running and that's all scheme if they, they've they lost the guy that makes it happen, Sam Donald is a lot more flustered on, on off the, off the uh, snap. I I, I, look, I could go into half an hour. We don't have half an hour to go into <laughs> Sam, Sam Donald's misgivings and why it doesn't work in a Kyle Shanahan system. I think that this is the sort of game that the Bengals would have been dreading two weeks ago. They would have seen the loss to the Vikings and everything that's come after it and gone, Jesus Christ, okay, this is the shot in the arm that we need. They all then jump to four and three, and this could well kickstart their season. I think that the Bengals are actually a really good football team. They've been waiting for Burrow to get healthier, and the team to get healthier. I think that they need to stop um, stop monopolising plays to Jamar Chase and start spreading it out a bit more again. Um, mainly for my fantasy team more than anything else. But, you know, you know, if they do that, I think this will be a low-scoring game, but I still think that Cincy will take it by a fair bit.
1: Yeah, I think. See, I'm. I'm sorry. I think I'm probably. Yeah, I said it, I'm more. I'm higher on Sam Donald than you are. I think. I think with this one as well, there's a lot been a lot of talk that. Of the Q battle going into this off season, obviously Brock Purdy won the battle, but there's a lot of people in the organization or around the organization saying, you know, he's the second coming of you know this person, this person. You know, we've had this a lot, so there's a lot, there's a lot of that talk, you know, going into the season. So there's got to be something there. So I'm sort of you know banking on that more than anything. Um, I think, yeah, I just, I don't know, I, just, I just feel like. Uh, will I'm not that high on Purdy if I'm being honest. I think there's a. You talk about, yeah. as, as I can hear, yeah. Look, yeah. if you're not high think,
0: on Purdy and you can get anyone yeah. can fill the shoes, then San Fran will be fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's
0: my question: Is the line still three and a half to San Fran in this one?
1: It's four and a half now. What
0: in San Fran's favor? Yeah. Do they not realize who this Cincinnati Bengals team are? <laughs>
1: I think it's more I, because the Bengals I'm have you know, had one good on game Bengals, of offence. And...
0: Joe Burrow's got a bum leg.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I, it's more people trusting in what Shanahan's done with many other quarterbacks in the past, thinking that the Niners will be able the to just slot someone else disrespect. in. disrespect,
0: I mean, <laughs> come on. We're talking about Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals who were basically flipping christened to become the AFC's new like main contender at the start of the season you know pretty much a a lock to go up against the chiefs in the afc championship game and just because of a couple of you know a couple of bad losses to good teams you know they're they're being cast aside in the eyes of the betters by sam darnold (laughs) i don't buy it
1: yeah (laughs) I mean that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I mean I look at it and I'm thinking, I like if you look at someone who's in a very si- similar system in Tua, for example. I feel like, or oh, Mac Jones and a, you know other quarterback who's similar to Tua. I feel like of those three quarterbacks, Brock Purdy is the worst of those three quarterbacks. And it you know it goes back to that Dan Olofsky Ol- thing where he said Mac Jones would be a success in San Francisco. I feel the same. You know, I feel I feel like if you. Yeah, if you put him in San Francisco, if they drafted him or not. You're the still not naming too, a quarterback
0: worse than Sam Darnold.
1: <laughs> all of those names,
0: I've not heard one worse than Sam Darnold. We're talking yeah, Sam true, Darnold true. here. True. But, I well, would be on the fence. Like the Browns are put, we're we'll talking about the Browns next game, but we're putting PJ Walker up to start. I'd probably be on the fence as to whether I'd start PJ Walker or Sam Darnold. And PJ Walker is the worst quarterback it's taken the field this season
1: wow <laughs> there we are hot hot six central. anyway as you mentioned the niners themselves they're going up against the bengals who are who are looking to kick on to um a win here for the bengals would be absolutely gigantic as well they would have put themselves in proper contention for the AFC north title as well um having looked down and out a few weeks ago but you know they would have won uh, a couple in a row now um their bye week came at a good time as well yeah, they won Absolutely. two in a row before. The defence just played its best game by shutting down Seattle's offence as well, frustrating Gino on the final drive. Um, so I think that, that's that's a thing you can look to and say the Bengals probably, they've had their best offensive game of the season since um, sorry against Arizona, and then that defensive performance against Seattle, two really good games back-to-back, which is why I think the Bengals' offence against the Niners' defence is the battle to watch in this game, because the the Niners are coming off a disappointing defensive performance from their standards, of course, not getting to cut Cousins once on Monday night, no sacks at all allowing 378 yards in the air from him as well um so that that's and that's the way to attack the
0: Bengals you attack the Bengals by attacking Joe Burrow you know you've got to get to the quarterback it's not so much about doing stuff around the outside you know forget about the wide receivers even though they've got a fantastic trio there it's can you apply pressure to Joe Burrow and consistently because you'll eventually get there if you do
1: yeah well, especially the way the offensive line played at the start of the season too. Um, as I mentioned, they couldn't function at all on offence in the first few weeks. Um, But, you know, Burrow's healthier now. The offensive line has played better the last couple of games too. So there's a great opportunity to try and put up some points. Um, And if they can against this non his defence and it's a good sign for the rest of the season too, I'm going to pick the Niners. I think (laughs) I said that um, with with everything I've said in this segment so far. Uh, But I wouldn't be surprised to see Cincinnati win, especially as you said, with a backup quarterback starting for the Niners. But I I don't know. I just, I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. (laughs) I hope the Niners win by
0: about 10. You know, just, (laughs) it's the kind of game I can see the Bengals winning comfortably and going, yeah, all right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is just pain. I think that most of my predictions are just based on pain I've witnessed over the last several years. You know, the Pittsburgh one earlier. Now this one, with have uh, we've since yeah. Like I've seen the script. I've seen the script before.
1: <laughs> there we are. Okay, moving over to the rest of the late slate, starting with the Browns. They're going to Seattle. This, this, the Seahawks are three and a half point favorites right now, and they're debuting the. Gorgeous throwback uniforms in this one, too. We did the uniform ranking at the start of the year. I ranked them as the number one uniform in the entire, uh, entire league on this podcast. So there you go. So Absolutely. Um, Deshaun Watson has obviously already been balled out, as you mentioned earlier. So, uh, you know, it's so weird of him and his injury, isn't it? You know, he passed concussion checks, but he wasn't allowed back in last week. And now he's saying that he, you know, he rushes return from his shoulder too quickly and he's been ruled out at the start of the week. It's really random. You know, as a Browns fan, first of all, what do you make of that situation? And then, secondly, the game as a whole.
0: I mean, the Watson situation is way before the injury, right? We still exactly, don't know as yeah. to whether or not he's actually the guy to actually have under centre. I mean, for anyone that's, uh, that's looking for very honest views on that, I suggest you go and uh, listen to the podcast that I do for the full 10 yards on the Browns, the in Brits podcast. Um, we are all very anti the trade at the very least and just baffled as to what's going on. That should probably answer your question there. Um, Put it this way, we've seen one good game from him, right, which was against the Titans. The rest of it has just been the defense pulling us out of holes left, right, and center. This is the kind of game where the defense could also do that. You know, Geno Smith and that offense have not been firing on all cylinders lately. The Browns kind of got punched in the mouth last week against the Colts. Um, You know, Gardner Minshew and the rest of the team took the Browns for 460 odd yards. That does not happen with this off with this defense, especially after the amount of flowers that they've been given the week prior. Um, PJ Walker beat the 49ers. You know, PJ Walker under center for the game beat the 49ers. So people will be pointing to that and, you know, expressing some hope that, you know, with a full week's worth of reps yet again, he'll be able to be more comfortable and be able to do that. And the familiarity improves from week to week. Um, But you've got to favor the Seahawks here. You know, we're talking East Coast to West Coast. So that's a whole unsettler. The Seahawks. Lumenfield, I think it's called now, isn't it? You know, is obviously a factor in that with a quarterback that's a second, now a tertiary quarterback, not even the number <laughs> two. Um, you, you know, trying to, you know, make make amendments at the line. It's not going to be easy. Um, probably going to have to trust the game plan a lot. I trust Kevin Stavancy's play calling a lot, but it's going to be difficult. So you've got that. you got a, a lot stacked against you before you even start. Seattle need a win. Pure and simple, this is a game where where Seattle will have circled this now and gone, well, if we don't win this, you know, what are we really saying about ourselves as a team here? They have a great opportunity. Just score 21 points. (laughs) That's what they'll be saying. Score three times in a game and you should win this game and don't turn the ball over, whatever you do. You know, that's what they'll be saying to themselves because you back yourself to stop PJ Walker from getting 21 points. I think the Colts wow. stopped, I think the Colts got us to 90 no 221 the Colts got in 221 so that that's probably what you're thinking there so yeah if uh, if you're a betting man the Seahawks is definitely the best choice um the defense though will keep it interesting the the Cleveland D against Seattle's offense is going to be the battle to watch
1: I'm picking Cleveland here um, I mean, again, I really, I
0: mean, you've been great for me on that. I tell you what, can we just fast forward to Monday? If yeah. everything that you say has happened, Cleveland's having a. Are you picking Arizona as well? Please tell me no. you're picking Arizona no, I'm against not, the I'm Ravens. Not
1: Arizona.
0: That would be a perfect week for me.
1: Um, no, I just. Seattle were pretty banged up on offense. You know, it sounds like they might be about Tyler Lockett and Kenneth Walker in this one. That's two of the best players. Um, And DK Metcalf has been in and out on the lineup with injuries too. So he's not, uh, he missed last week. He's not exactly healthy either. So that does worry me a little bit. The offensive line for the Seahawks has also been horrendous this year too. So again, the Browns defense, I think will make this one very interesting. Um, and so yeah, you're probably down to a banged up DK Metcalf, Jackson from Jigba, and uh, who obviously got his first touchdown last week, but hasn't made as big of an impact as we thought because of injury. Um, and then you've got Jake Bobo as your next weapon, and I think that you know that does a lot, you know, a lot better than it could be for, for Cleveland going up against this, this Seahawks, um, offense. So I'm gonna go for them. I I don't know. I'm just something, something about what I've seen from Seattle the last couple of weeks hasn't really impressed me um i think gino's sort of looking a lot worse than he did at the start of last year for sure um so i'm i'm going for cleveland in this one I mean, i'm i quite like pj walker as well. i like them in carolina so yeah, I'm, 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 i guess i sort of believe in him to get win this game I, I yeah i guess being...
0: your question i guess your question is does that seattle offense get 21 points or if, well, if you're, you're missing DK Metcalf what they give to the defense it,
1: and can walk kenneth can walker then maybe not that's the thing. Then so, in, you know, in that case, in that, that that's play. probably your answer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's so there's your answer. I mean, I had not really taken that into consideration. Um, that gives me a little bit more hope going into this. Um, you know, and Seattle's defense is not exactly stellar, of which is helpful. Um, no, they played better be last week, run. but it
1: has not been great this
0: year. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland Frank needs Clark to get the one game going. Yeah, Cleveland just needs to be able to pound the rock as well on the floor. Um, they're running out of options at running back. Um, yeah, Kareem Hunt will, but,
1: get, will get most of the carries. We've before doubtful this week. Um, yeah, so we'll, exactly. We'll so
0: it's, it's going to be tough, but just bet the under on the points. <laughs>
1: there we are. Okay, moving over to an AFC West uh, matchup. With it being a full slate, you have got a lot of division games this week. Um, This is an interesting one. Uh, The Chiefs going into Denver. The Chiefs are seven and a half point favourites right now. And they're coming off their best offensive performance to date against the Chargers last week. Uh, But Denver's defence turned their season around with their performance of their loss to the Chiefs in week six on Thursday night football um AFC West games are always weird they're either shootouts sometimes a blowout um and quite a lot of the time it's weird low scoring games um like the last meeting between these two teams on Thursday night as I said um it'll be interesting to see just how big of a miss Nick Bolton is to the Chiefs defense because the Chiefs Mm. defense has been one of the best stories in the entire league this season because they've played so well at the start of the year especially situationally when normally they get better as the season goes on so we'll see how that looks um I'd pick the under in this game, but again, I can't, p- I can't pick against Kansas City in, <laughs> in this game, yeah. for sure. But I just, I've, I have a feeling Denver will, will make it close. Last couple of weeks, they've impressed me. Their defence has got a lot better than what it was when they dropped 72 points. The Dolphins dropped 72 points against them. They've improved a lot on defence the last couple of weeks. Um, and I've been a big believer by saying Russell Wilson hasn't been the problem this season. So um, I think, I think uh, as we saw last week as well, I, I think... Um, Yeah, I think it'll be close, but the Chiefs are too good not to lose this one. To lose this one, sorry. They can't lose it.
0: Yeah, no notes, really. You know, like you say, the Chiefs are looking dominant at this point. Denver will probably not have enough to be able to stop the tide, but it feels like it's one of those that will feel scrappy until towards the end. Um, Unsure on the under over there. Seven and a half is a tasty uh, tasty little dangle there um potentially um just row it back a little bit to um to 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 secure it maybe like a five for example would feel better than seven and a half but uh yeah definitely a kc win and do we need to talk about the ravens and the Arizona Cardinals? <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a done deal.
1: See I I mean look looking at this one. I mean the Ravens they're coming into this one off the back of their Best performance yet for sure against Lions last week. Also Cardinals are probably coming off their worst. But the Cardinals have been difficult to beat this year, especially at home. And it won't be a straightforward win uh, for the Ravens at all. Uh, it looks like it's probably going to be Josh Dobbs. It might. Stick, but... It yeah. Really I don't know. I don't know. I, I like the, the Lions last week. This this podcast is you know the last couple of weeks, especially you know or this season, we've been very high on the Cardinals, even though they're one and six. So uh, I think all of us have been quite high. you also U. high on the Lions. Uh yes, I was also higher than eyes, but yeah. but um, but I don't know. I just for for me that yeah. You know, I've been waiting for Baltimore water to put on performance like that all year. They did it last week, um. But I you know I I still don't trust them if I'm being honest it, <laughs> it just
0: hey, um, f- fair fair enough. Look, yeah. the, the the way I see it is, if it was any other te- if it was a team that was a bit more middle of the pack, you know, if you gave me a Houston or a Giants or. Um hell even like a tamper or somebody like that at this spot. I think that you'd see a potential like trap game here. I just think that Arizona's got too little to be able to really trouble the Ravens here
1: now, If Kyler plays, and it might change. He has been a full participant in practice this week, but he's unlikely to play because he remains on the pop list. Um, They're being careful. There's no need to rush things either with the way that... (laughs) If Kyler plays, then
0: Ravens wear a million.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I, I I know you're a kind of Murray hater, but I, I'm a big fan of Kyler. So, uh, so I, I I've got, I've got to stick up for my boy. Look, I'm picking the Ravens, but again, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cardinals winning against the spread here because I think it's you, they have yeah, they beat Dallas. Let's not remember they did beat Dallas a couple of weeks ago.
0: Uh, they did, it's... but Dallas are way more hit and miss with that kind of thing. This is the sort of game that the Ravens really do just sweep. Yeah, see. Um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of the more middle-of-the-pack ones that the Ravens trip up on.
1: Right, well, we'll move over to probably the worst Sunday night football matchup of all time uh, between the <laughs> 2-5 Bears and the 2-5 Chargers. There's absolutely no chance of staying up for this on Sunday night, even with it being uh, you know an, ex- an hour earlier. Um, if Fields was playing, then maybe, but yeah, yeah, it's great for Tyson Badgeant to be playing in a prompter football game, but for the neutral fan, it's quite unfortunate. Um, I actually thought the Chargers looked all right last week in the loss to Kansas City. The defence stepped up in the second half, and they made it a game as well. Um, I wasn't expecting that at all, the way that this, the Chiefs started an offence. Uh, but uh, I've not been impressed by you know, the combination of what sort of Staley's doing with, with his situation with Play calls cool. Justin Herbert hasn't really looked, you know, taken the leap of kind of more than we thought. If anything, like it's probably been his worst season so far. But obviously, Mike Williams is a big miss, and they're clearly not up what they hope to get out of Quentin Johnston, um, out, you know, first round pick So, the, the, you know, the, that is a, a you know, if he had no, another weapon, I think I'm, I'm there for differently. But, um, look, I'm picking the Chargers in this one because I can't, I can't not pick the team to win against the Bears. Because yeah, if if the Chargers lose this and there are serious questions that have to be asked, yeah, it'll be the most of Steady thing ever to lose this game. But yeah, I I, I, I can't. I, if the Bears win, no. then fair play to them. But
0: yeah, put it this way: the the best thing that the Bears have done all year is just you, you know, and Washington a big um a big out and everything else is kind that of that was on a Thursday night
1: as well. You can't really take much away from a Thursday night game. That was a no. Thursday night game as well. so It was. Just...
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, you sort of look at that, and like you say, you sort of think, how can how can Staley f this one up? And you kind of can't think of any <laughs> any ways, really. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Th- th- there's not much to say here, but outside of you know a really cataclysmic thing happening here, I think that even Bears fans should just uh, tune out and wake up in the morning and see the result on Google. <laughs>
1: yeah I, mean, I think that would be the case of many even with the hour uh, the hour extra that, that you'll be able to watch this game for if you got work in the morning yeah
0: how <laughs> gutting is that a sunday night football game where you can actually get behind and that's what they give you
1: i know i know yeah
0: because i could probably stay up for all of that i usually go to bed at like two two to three o'clock in the morning anyway so i could probably actually stomach an entire game but if you're giving me bears charges yeah, they say that they care about the UK audience and then they give you the usual crap at London and then they give you that of when it's finally a palatable hour. God.
1: Yeah, I know. Um yeah, I think I think of that one as well. It just shows that the ability to flex games throughout the season is really needed. Because when you get to a game like this, you just maybe you know maybe after of like week seven, you, week you
0: say that, but then you'll plan a trip to go and watch a game, and you will flex move. Yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to New York. Um, I'm going to New York in January, but it's for week 18. Uh, so, and the thing is, I go on the Saturday. I've got to pray to the gods that the Giants Eagles game is not flexed to the Saturday.
1: I probably will be as well. Uh, that's the worst say thing.
0: That. <laughs> <laughs> make it like make it like saturday 8 p.m at least make it something i can yeah. still do
1: <laughs> well yeah it's <laughs> too bad they have three don't they so they might you might be in the yeah. prime time one so uh yeah we'll, we'll see what happens in that week 18 espn thing they do now uh but no thank you for joining me on the podcast this week josh it's been nice to have you on obviously you've been on it before uh before i was uh the host but you know it's nice to have you on i've been trying to get you over ages we finally got there um <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah thank the you for problem with going, going, going to japan going- yeah, the problem
0: with being on the other side of the world is that it's pretty difficult to pin me down, but uh, no, it's been great and it's been great to be back on this part and talking all the teams, not just the uh, not just the Cleveland Browns and whoever it is that we're playing on a week to week basis, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know just uh, a very interesting slate of games it's going to be fun watching the red zone at at uh, 5 p.m for once um, <laughs> not 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 used to having the late game but the late game being a nice eight twenty five style, i'll take that every day of the week
1: <laughs> yeah, i don't mind, don't mind that at all parker being in the uk the clock's moving, moving back a uh, an hour before sorry a week before in the us but anyway, thank you for joining me Josh, as i said this has been the full 10 yards NFL podcast and we'll see you for the week eight recap on monday